welcome to the Web Policy Talk podcast recorded live at the Impact and Policy Research Institute Impri New Delhi Namaste and greetings I GBAT researcher and assistant editor at Impri Impact and Policy Research Institute Prabhav Evan Niti Anusandhan Sansthan Nayi Delhi extend my warmest welcome to you all to Impri #webpolicytalk The recently held COP26 was widely hyped as the last chance to save the planet Although it ended on a more modest note some progress have been made and today we are gathered for the panel discussion on cop26 and urban local governance as a part of hashtag #local governance with tikender singh panwar this event is organized by impri center for habitat urban and regional studies and impri impact and policy research institute new delhi now let me take this moment to introduce the gathering as the moderator for today's series we have with us tikender singh panwar He is the former deputy mayor of Shimla and a visiting senior fellow at Impri New Delhi. We welcome you sir. Moving to our esteemed panelists for today, we have with us Professor Chaitan Vaidya who is an independent urban advisor and the former director of the School of Planning and Architecture New Delhi and National Institute of Urban Affairs New Delhi. We are honored to have you sir. Welcome Thank to you. We are delighted to have with us Professor K K Pandey, who is a professor of urban management and the coordinator of Center for Urban Studies, Indian Institute of Public Administration, New Delhi. We welcome you, sir. We are pleased to be joined by Dr. Vikas Desai, the technical director of Urban Health and Climate Resilience Center of Excellence, Surat. Welcome you, ma'am. Now I invite our moderator. Tikender Singh Panwar to initiate the discussion with his opening remarks and to proceed with the discussion. We look forward to learning from our esteemed gathering. Thank you. Thank you, Ethi. Uh, should I still uh, is it Ethi fine fine or should I yeah because normally we we use the first word first name anyway. So thank you so much and uh, I once again welcome all our panelists and I. believe this is going to be a wonderful session because this is something that is not quite heard of you know when we we we've spoken a lot about cop 26 lots and lots of literature has uh, really flown uh, and uh, uh, i mean talking about the ndcs of the government but actually uh, building this connection between uh, cop 26 and urban local governance is like uh, quite fascinating because uh, uh, not just for the simple reason that uh, the the urban india consumes uh, a fairly large share of uh, resources and also uh, is uh, is a fairly large emitter of uh, carbon gases but also because uh, how do we manage this uh, uh, in in our cities and how do we understand this in our cities is i think a big uh, big question mark Uh, uh how how much do we have to explore is is another question which uh, 
probably are panelists and which would be led by Professor Chetan Vidya would be speaking about. There are two or three points I just quickly want to make. The first is that, uh, uh, you know, when all hopes were lost, uh, I was there in, in, in Paris in the climate change talks. And uh, after that, we, uh, we saw the, the, uh, the election of the, uh, the largest emitter of the world, the United States of America. And Trump came in and he said, uh, hell with, with the climate deal. I mean, I, I, I don't give a damn. But then I know some of the mayors of, of the cities who profoundly said, our federal government will not decide what we have to do in our cities. And you know, one of the major push that we saw in the elections for, the, for defeating Trump, and in fact, bringing out a new climate deal, how so good or how so bad, I don't want to comment that because that's not our domain, that actually comes from the cities. Okay, so the, so the kind of, uh, of governance that we witnessed there. And then we've also seen some of very radical kind of uh, uh, interventions uh, happening in, in, in England, where uh, we've seen uh, uh, climate uh, becoming a political issue. Uh, and uh, if, you, if, you, if you look at the manifestos of, uh, of, of some of the major political parties, especially Labour, uh, they uh, went to the extent that those who do not uh, uh, commit to to to, uh, uh, to to climate deal or to you know reducing the carbon footprint should actually be dissuaded even from trading in the stock uh, exchange. I mean that's quite radical. I mean that's quite totalitarian, I would say. But yeah, this is what we have witnessed. But then when we go to Glasgow. I mean, it's quite quite unfortunate in the sense that uh, it, uh, cities figured nowhere actually in the discussion. And uh, I remember some of my city partners who were there and uh, complaining that it was quite a literal entry after much deliberations uh, that that were like kind of incorporated. And so, so what is it, Professor Chitan? I mean, when I come to you, I mean, you must address this issue also because we, uh, we were really uh, uh, concerned about coal, you know, or whether these two words, whether we'll phase down or phase out, I mean, I mean how, how, how are we going to do that? Uh, but at the same time, uh, I think one of the important areas that, that is, um, I mean, which was there in, in, in Paris was like kind of missed out. Uh, I would like you to dwell on that. And the third part is coming back to our own country uh, and our cities. What do you do with it? Because if you see the NDC, you'll find there's more, there's, there's mention of smart cities, there's mention of, uh, you know, uh, I, uh, I believe just one paragraph that speaks about, uh, about uh, urban India or cities, uh, which is not sufficient in fact. And the smart cities, I remember a, a study done because unfortunately the study, we really lack data on that. We're not even sure whether the kind of uh, infrastructure building that is taking place uh, in smart cities leads us to reducing our carbon footprint or in fact increasing that. So uh, I think, uh, and uh, when you talk about creating those smart uh, um, uh, climate change action plans of various towns, cities, what do we do with those plans? And the plans are there, I'm not all. So I mean, first, I think we have to understand, I mean, what, what is our situation at the ground level after, uh, after we take, uh, in, after we draw inferences from some 5,000 cities, you know, statutory, non-statutory towns, it, it goes to around 8,000, 9,000 uh, small towns and cities. Uh, forget about small, I mean, I mean uh, uh, small towns. I mean, even larger cities, take for example, Mumbai is talking about the climate action plan, but what, do we, what would they do? There will be interesting data coming up. Uh, I do not want to uh, question the veracity of the data, 
But at the same time, you know, once the plan is made, the city is like uh, crippled because it hardly has anything to perform. Uh, in the sense, I mean, some way you'll have uh, the plan would be there. But you know, the point is that how do we mainstream it? How we do we integrate it with the overall uh, overall city development or city planning processes? Unfortunately, they, that link is completely missing. And I remember because I was uh, in Simla for five years. I mean, what not? I mean, you ask a plan, the plan is there, but after some time, it licks the uh, the, the shelves of uh, the dust piles uh, in in some municipal corporation office because. Nobody looks at it. So what do we do? I mean, I want all our panelists to really come on that apart from the international thing. So over to you, Professor Chetamuladi. I mean, I think I, we look forward uh, to a very interesting discussion. Yeah. Can I take over? Can I speak? Hello? Okay. Uh, thank you so much, Mr. Tikinder Singh Panwar. Uh, you have given excellent background and uh, of the thing and also raised issues which I may not respond all of them to what you said. <laughs> as an author, I can take that liberty, but I will try as much as possible. But I have more positive view about urban India <laughs> than what you have said. <laughs> Maybe that is something to do with my age. <laughs> uh, I also thank Impri for this opportunity. It's really a privilege to be here on the panel on this important subject along with uh, Mr. Panwar and with Dr. Pandey and uh, Vikas Ben Desai. It's really an honor and a privilege to be here on this occasion. Now, as we all know, COVID COP26 was in October, November, last October, November, and it called for cutting down emissions, climate finance, and managing losses due to global warming. Our prime minister, made some very bold statements and commitments. He said, we'll have net zero greenhouse emissions by 2070. It was expected to be 50, but we agreed for 2070. And then we made, he made four very strong non-fossil electricity capacity of 500 gigawatts, 50% electricity capacity from renewables, 1 billion tons of emission reduction, 45% reduction in emission intensity of GDP. And through these commitments, India has now have to move strategically to achieve these targets, especially for 2030, which is only nine years away. We have to move just beyond green financing and innovative technology. We still have to frame a comprehensive plan for 40 years from 2030, to deliver our goal carbon neutrality. Urban sector has to play a very crucial role, role in achieving these commitments. Without involving cities, we will not be able to our goals. And that is extremely important to we, cities are there or not, but unless we take participate as an urban sector, will not achieve our commitments and goals. Now, as we all know, urban India was 37 crores in 2011. 31% was urban population to total population. There are about 4,000 or 5,000 urban local bodies. In 2011, 46 of them were as large as 10 lakh plus. We are facing, the urban India is facing extreme events like floods, heat island effects, and so on. And some of them are due to 
climate change. But we must appreciate that urban India is very large and it is very diversified. So one size fit all will not work for all, all urban India, even from the point of view of climate change. Some possible actions and need, which needs discussions to localize urban commitments in urban context are focused on moving towards low carbon urban transport. This will in include integrating urban transport with land use planning and preferably also with financing. I mean, unless we do this together, will not be able to go for low carbon urban transport. Promoting green development and green buildings, identifying and implementing planning instruments to move towards zero low carbon sector, which might mean changing our UDFI urban uh, planning for uh, master plan guidelines. Also focusing on large scale forests and plantations, promoting scientific waste management and methane emission reduction and preparing cities to access climate financing. Now, all this is extremely difficult, but in this context, our ministry, Ministry of Housing and Urban Affairs has stated that the revised national mission on habitat, sustainable habitat, NMSH 2020, a recent document, is enabling climate actions to intend address overarching framework to facilitate adoption and implementation of sector-wise climate action strategies which includes urban governance, capacity building, data technology and innovations, and financing mechanism for the mission. Now, ministry has also taken a number in climate initiatives. One is, of course, Climate Cities Center has been set up at National Institute of Urban. It has also set up a Climate Cities Alliance of 70 organizations who want to work with cities on climate issues. And most importantly, there is a climate smart cities assessment framework, which looks at five sectors. There are many indicators, but broadly, five, urban planning and green cover, energy and green building, mobility and air quality, water management and waste management. Last year, 126 cities were covered by this assessment process, ranking process, if you manage to call it. Uh, and only eight cities got four-star rating. None of them got five-star rating. So it's, nobody is 100%. Eight cities are getting about 80% rating. I believe this assessment pro pro promote uh, getting climate measures uh, to promote climate measures for citizen participation and more actions at the city level. We all know that Swachh Bharat ranking, where Indore has got first award for five years, every citizen, almost citizens of that city are now part of this. Hamko Swachh Bharat ne pehla award lena. And even an auto rickshaw wala pride can become the cleanest city for fifth year. Can we get that into climate change issues? Is all. The number of things happening in, on sustainable development issues in the city. Cities are promoting public transport, walking and non-motorized transport. Uh, they are developing Miyaki forest. There's steps taken for energy savings, which is called LED street lights, solar-based street lighting, electric and automobiles. There's also a focus on sewage treatment through nature-based solutions, decentralized nature-based solutions. And Pune recently had organized this pedestrian day uh, all this seems to be ad hoc. They are not linked. But as mentioned earlier by uh, our moderator, many cities have prepared city climate action, which includes Rajput, Coimbatore, Kochi, Udaipur, and Maharashtra state government 
has given mandate for 45 cities to prepare their city climate action plans. Rajkot and Udaipur, what I know, the climate resident city action plans have been approved by their general boards. So there is a general acceptance. Rajkot, it seems, have gone for three iterations of their climate action. I mean, at different stages, different issues were covered. It covers various mitigation and adaptation interventions, which have been identified by the cooperation on greenhouse emission inventory and urban system analysis in line with existing plan as well as with future projects. Now, as mentioned earlier, Mumbai Municipal is drafting a Mumbai Climate Action Plan. It is looking at climate resilience in mitigation by focusing on six areas, that is sustainable waste management, urban greening, biodiversity, urban flooding and water resource management, This would be looked at. Now, we, as we all know, at the ground level, city corporations, urban local bodies are going to be crucial for their services and resources. And this all has been seen in management of COVID-19. Uh, uh, for example, how cities use the integrated city command and control center, which was set up under smart city mission, which turned into war rooms, and created also dashboards to monitor the disease and communicate with citizens. Now, they also played an important role in raising both finance and other in kind. Now, in case we need to involve urban local bodies to play a crucial role in climate management, we need to empower urban local bodies. Some of the issues which the moderator was mentioning is because we have not empowered our local body. 74th Constitutional Amendment, 1992, started the process of empowering local bodies in terms of functions, functionaries, and We set up, we have regular elections now, we have reservations, we are setting up state finance commission, but the three functions, finance and functionaries, have not been tried in all states. Kerala, is one of the few states which has implemented 74th constitutional amendment in letter and spirit. People plan campaign also give financial resources to urban local bodies in the state. There's also, along with this, there's a strong self-help group called self-help women's group movement called Kudamshri. And all this is help for decentralization. And but Kerala is a unique example. Kerala sometimes is not rest of urban India. Most states have not handed over or empowered their local bodies and organizations of state level organizations like water supply boards, development authorities, either do not work in a manner with the urban laws and sometimes even they work against the urban local bodies. Now, if you want to institutionalize climate actions, the urban local bodies will require developing capacity and increasing personnel dedicated to the cause. The support of the highest level is required both at the city and the state government level to identify climate resilient actions. I'm quoting from a report by NIA on Gujarat, which is true for rest of India. Personally, I'm more confident that our empowered cities with appropriate technical and financial assistance will be able to respond to climate change issues. These challenges will become opportunities to introduce urban innovation. And finally, I believe, I sincerely believe, 
you more and more start get involved in urban service delivery and revenue collection, both, both in service delivery and revenue collection using latest IT technology. And in this context, we need to set up a separate IT platform. There's a separate IT platform in urban sector to promote startups and innovations. We should also try to do it for India as a whole so people can also learn from each other. Even the startup need to. And there's, there's this sort of competition called Hackathon, which we should promote for urban India, both for the climate-related issues, also with the other urban issues. Thank you so much. Moderator. Thank you, and uh, I just saw a message from one of the participants that the lights behind you are beautiful. There are another lights. I didn't know that there are another lights in your background. <laughs> anyway, thank you for that presentation, and of course, uh, uh, of, uh, also the way how how government of India is. Is planning ahead with the NDCs. Uh, well, I'm sure that the uh, the other panelists would uh, would respond to that, and of course, uh, what else, uh, whatever they want to add to to this uh, topic of corporates. I think from here we uh, move uh, towards Dr. Vikas Desai. Uh, over to you, ma'am. I mean, you can just. Yeah, uh, I'm sorry. I had some connectivity problem and technical problem, so I was not much. Uh, uh, I'm not much aware of what is talked about, but uh, I would like to talk about uh, the local experience of Surat City, which is a historical experience of uh, working with uh, environment as well as climate. And uh, I would like to share that experience of local governance, urban local governance. Um, but before I go to that, let uh, as you had already mentioned, uh, Urban, every city is different and urban planning and urban uh, should be viewed as localized uh, service, localized event, localized action based on the basic principles which are laid down internationally, nationally and so on. That's what is the first lesson which we have learned. I am in the city which, is, has, which has the oldest municipality and um, which was very popular as a filthy city and phileriasis city. And now it is, and, and good food also. But now we are proud to be a clean city. We are proud to be a city which is a, a smart city, coming up smart city, as well as city which is worried about climate and, and have started action about the climate resilience. And that is what is the beauty of city, which has won uh, several awards also in its efforts to do this activity. Uh, some of the things which cities has already uh, put in place is increasing green cover, increasing the, uh, uh, going for the renewable energy, uh, planning for mobility. We had for years no public transport system. Now it has come up and even Metro is coming up. So that is the gain of the city. And then we have a water management system where there are efforts to go for a metered supply and the uh, 24 by 7 supply in the city, including rain harvesting process and recycling and reuse of the wastewater. Um, coming to, I think Surat is the first city which started using the 
methane gas of the sewerage plant for energy purpose and uh, that is something which is also in practice. Coming to the, uh, I am a public health person and I always feel what is not good for health is not good for climate and not good for uh, environment. And that criteria should be used by every city. So we monitor the impact, we monitor the safe level or cutoff through health outcomes. And that, that's what is the only instrument which we have. Otherwise, uh, <clears throat> coastal city, plains, hilly terrain cities will have a different, will need a different criteria and cutoff also for even uh, uh, heat, heat waves and even for the air pollution. So uh, though health is not, is not the only outcome uh, which we face due to environment and climate change, it is one of the emotional, maybe easily identifiable uh, consequence. And we learned it, learned from Corona also about it. Now, uh, urban health system by itself in big cities is a new arena. There was no systematic primary healthcare system which was developed. It is last 10, 15 years, it is coming up. And that's how that also is in the learning phase and people are trying to strengthen the services. Primary health care is most important for equity and for taking care of the first action. Um, let us call it a first aid in relation to climate and health. Um, City has uh, several initiatives uh, like uh, IT enabled surveillance system for vector bone diseases for, uh, we have a, a URSMS system which was launched during the uh, ESSEN project in the city, which is uh, which gives daily information about from public and private sector about the health issues, acute health problems, where action should, is required on same day or at least within uh, 24 hours. And we also have, uh, we are very proud that the city has, uh, municipal corporation have gone for a climate mode in terms of a support system for research, training, networking, and advocacy. It started with the Surat Climate Change Trust, then came the Urban Health and Climate Resilience Center, and now it is institutionalized. The project of Urban Health and Climate Resilience Center is institutionalized as the Urban Health and Climate Resilience Center of Excellence. I think in India, this is the only municipal corporation which has gone for this type of supportive centers in, in trust. And this trust has been settled by Surat Municipal Corporation itself. And under that, under USCRC and USCRCE, several activities were done. We are ready with heat action plan, which is which needs a different approach than Ahmedabad's first heat action plan, because Ahmedabad uh, temperature and heat islands are quite different than the coastal city. And Surat is proud to, to have a first coastal city heat action, heat and health action plan uh, in place in, uh, in the city. And now we are working on the air pollution and health in the city. And like that, there are attempts to, to work on it. It's not only technical input. The, one of the beauty of city, uh, we learned from 94, Surat is disaster prone also. And we learned from 94 experience that we need to be better governed, we need to be better integrated in our activity 
we need intersectoral convergence to work for. Without that, the city cannot have a resilience. And that, that learning is carried forward and people do remember administrators and even the decision makers and technical group do remember that this is our strength and we have to build upon that. And that's how we also worked on how to bring the, um, how to talk about convergence and motivate people and do advocacy for that. I don't claim very high that it is, it is there in place, but that mood is coming up. At least in, during disasters and crises, it has started. People have started working together. And then uh, comes the community participation. This is a city of migrants. This is no man's land. We have highest migration in city. And that's why uh, to, to bring that ownership and to in, involve people in taking care of themselves and climate is also a challenge. And we have few models which we have tried to work on it. We have also tried the urban model of uh, micro-greening in the city and uh, even, even the citizens' participation and technical group. City is also proud of public-private partnership uh, for health. I'm talking about more for health. It is already there in the, in, in, for the other infrastructure and other activity, but health having public-private partnership is something which is unique of this city, as well as we also have a partnership with academic institutions. So urban is reach of academic institutions. And when we in, in, they are involved, it is a win-win situation for both because they also learn participating from participating in the programs and projects and the city also gets benefit of the academic experts. And that's what is uh, a strength of the city. Um, we, we, I'm very happy that health is also given some space here. And the, I, I, my all efforts are to have health also as one of the output which is discussed, where we don't talk about tertiary care, heart uh, transplant and other things, but we, we do talk about how to look at the uh, climate issues and environmental issues along with health and how to take care of both and to talk about climate resilience as well as health resilience. So these are all efforts of the Urban Health and Climate Resilience Center of Excellence. I think I, I well, will thank try you. to- Thank you, Dr. Yeah. Vikas. Yeah, it was interesting to know. And uh, I also have some information about Surat because I remember meeting your uh, city resilience officer several times, but I'm like I have met you also. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes. but I am a little intrigued in the sense, you know, because all this has to boil down to the people, and you know, all that high frenzy of dashboards that we talk about in smart cities actually should test the time of the crisis, and when we talk about uh, strategies, I think the cities have to do more on adaptation. Of course, for mitigation also we have a role, but then you know how limited we have uh, our, our, our role in it. Unfortunately, when, when, when the lockdown was announced, I think one of the first cities, I mean, that reported uh, the, uh, uh, the migrants moving out, you know, and the kind of frenzy was Surat. So, why is it, I mean, when we talk about, uh, and, and as you rightly pointed out, and for that matter, not Surat, I mean, actually we all are migrants, and migrants have created this world, if, uh, if I may say it like that. Uh, so I think when we talk about uh, 
building uh, cities and so so all the adaptation strategies must come down to the people and and what would be the, and and you've spoken uh, very well about inequity uh, you know when when we build uh, our strategies i think this aspect of uh, of, uh, of, uh, of 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 participatory planning when we plan uh, these action plans has to be kept in mind and i am a witness to it when the patna action plan was being uh, uh, made in fact i am one of the uh, the co-authors of that plan and I mean, it's 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 really. Uh, uh, I mean, it pains me in in, in telling uh, that how erroneous the whole whole process of of planning is. So I think that process also has to be reset. You can respond now, or you can respond later, ma'am. Whenever you want. No, uh, I I would uh, like to say a few words about this. Say ninety four. Also, we had see, faced migration, out migration. But that was only Surat and that's why it was probably not much discussed at, at the scale it is discussed for Corona. But otherwise, because people look for their own people during crisis and they want to go to, uh, to their place for safety of themselves as well as family. So uh, this uh, out migration during crisis is not a new phenomenon for as far as Surat is concerned. Uh, community participation is must and especially for the equity, it is very important. Uh, but then when the city is rich, it is more a philanthropic, giving away things to the poor people, but not involving them. And involving them needs a, a, a process. And process needs a lot many NGOs and uh, other people to participate in the interactions to bring them on the board. So uh, when we work with even uh, uh, a slum population for the resilience study with uh, WRI project, um, we could learn that they, 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 they are alone. They don't have people to support them. And when you are alone in disaster, you want to go to your own yeah. play, uh, people. And that's what is the phenomena which probably we have learned in Surat and which is happening everywhere. And uh, that it is also there in mind when the serious crises are there, who will look after them? The first priority will be some other group and who can afford and who can reach to the places, but they will be left out. And that's why probably, but then uh, interestingly, Corona has also taught that it's not only poor who suffers. And the problem was somewhere else and uh, we labeled them as the spreaders and other things. But uh, uh, even that is a learning lesson that it can happen anywhere and if a virus is not in control of anyone and we need to uh, build up even capacity of lo local settlers. But Surat migrants are not only poor migrants. We have cross-sectional migrants and migrants have their own characteristic. Only original Suratis are hardly one third left out in the city. Remaining are migrants with from the Gujarat or from other states. And that's where the challenge lies. And city will need to think about it. Uh, only thing is uh, cities get award for visible infrastructures and visible things. And city get credit for the things which are visible. And that's why these soft things don't come into picture. And that's where the challenge lies. Great. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, ma'am. Uh, it was really lovely how you responded. So I think now we move on to our final uh, uh, part, uh, panelists and participants. 
Professor KK Pandey, over to you, sir. How, how are you looking at this uh, topic and I mean, what, what is your take on it? Uh, can I share the screen? Of course, but I think uh, our team yes. will help. Yes, yes, sir, please go ahead. Uh, yes, Dr. Singh, uh, uh, Vedya Sahib, Madam Desai, and distinguished uh, participants. I will cover uh, why the COVID uh, COP uh, 26 came down to cities, uh, what cities are doing, and what is the agenda uh, in our own context. Uh, it was observed in the COP26 that countries came with promise. They brought promise and cities brought actions. They realized that things are done at city level and scope is fairly wide. Nearly 18% urban land has potential for afforestation uh, for 25% reduction of carbon intensity. And uh, cities have other potential of solid waste management, traffic, uh, transportation, uh, plantation, greenery. So they came up with interim agenda for cities by 2030 before we achieve global race to zero 2050. And uh, five main points were uh, included. That is zero or low carbon vehicles. Number two, green energy regular garbage disposal, climate smart code for buildings, and climate risk planning. Uh, it is not that all the countries are not doing anything. There are some countries. Uh, South Korea created six kilometer mixed use waterfront corridor. Madeline in Colombia uh, developed 36 green corridor along roads and waterways. China has national uh, garden city program. US has a hundred million fund for street trees and green city program. And uh, these initiatives uh, brought down the temperature uh, from one to six degree to the existing level and uh, minimized the heat island effect in uh, respective cities. Uh, particularly US green city program uh, had indicators of per capita green cover, uh, green cover ratio, green space canopy, uh, and uh, vertical gardens, rooftop gardens, farming, etc., uh, were uh, developed. Zero carbon uh, vehicle. Sweden is the first country which has uh, achieved uh, e uh, vehicles and uh, non motorized, cost effective, environment friendly city transport is also. Uh, adopted by several countries and with the e-pumping and other infrastructure. Uh, India is uh, really a matter of concern because uh, we also have 60-70% carbon emission in urban areas and uh, by 2030 nearly half of the India, 40 to 45% but uh, by one standard but in my view it would be half uh, would be urban, and uh, there the environment, uh, our productivity and equity, particularly poor, what Madam Desai was saying, uh, would be prime concern. 
we are already losing 1.7 to 2.5 million uh, lives per annum due to pollution. Uh, Delhi recorded the highest per capita economic loss uh, in 2019, being 13% of its GDP, 14% in Lucknow, 9% in Mumbai, 8% Hyderabad, and nearly 7% in Bangalore and Chennai. So our major cities are hotspot and are prime areas for attention on climate, uh, urban flooding and uh, other effects. Uh, national level initiatives as our uh, Professor Chetan Vedyaji have mentioned uh, are taken by Government of India. Particularly, I would like to mention the uh, 15th Finance Commission, which has uh, come up with the first, for the first time, health infrastructure. Uh, funds for uh, developing the health uh, with the help of uh, urban local bodies. So that is uh, very important. And uh, air quality uh, uh, improvement uh, is also included for 44 urban agglomerations, which include more than 1,000 uh, cities in India. So these initiatives uh, will go a long way uh, in our uh, setup. And uh, in addition to that, cities are making uh, uh, specific uh, initiatives which will have, which will contribute to NDC and uh, a reduction of uh, emissions uh, by, as Professor Vedya mentioned, 45 to 45% of GDP. Maharashtra and uh, uh, has initiated uh, 30 cities for uh, race to zero. Uh, but important is that there are other cities which are taking commandable steps. Bengaluru, I would like to mention just for two minutes, uh, Bangalore, nearly 45% of waste is handled locally. Locally means it is treated locally. Uh, there are lane composting, house-based composting, uh, biomethanization, a dry waste collection center of 166 wards out of 198 wards have dry waste collection center. They segregate and uh, dispose of. Uh, so, uh, the relatively little uh, garbage is going to the dumping site. Uh, Bangalore also has a uh, decentralized treatment. Uh, indoor, uh, we all know, there's not, uh, no need to mention uh, further. Bhopal is another uh, city which is uh, using lakeside space for solar energy. New Delhi Municipal Committee also is using rooftop uh, open spaces for development of solar energy. Not only that, Bhopal is raising 100 crore uh, bond issue for generating uh, solar energy outside the city. So these are uh, some very appreciable steps taken uh, by the cities in our country. 2030 urban agenda, uh, what it should cover, uh, first, thing in my view is transport policy at city level should be included in the plan, uh, which will include in major cities uh, like uh, end of use life vehicles as Delhi is planning uh, with the partnership of seven private sector uh, institution uh, partners and uh, uh, which has 4 million uh, uh, ELVs 
uh, which will go a long way to uh, start this new area which is uh, needed in our country uh, and which will also be uh, uh, developing a circular economy through proper uh, settling and handling of uh, 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 vehicles. Uh, Delhi's uh, sale has increased. Uh, today's newspapers say that uh, as compared to 1.6% increase in uh, uh, petrol uh, waste uh, and diesel waste vehicles, e-vehicles uh, growth has been 6%. So things are picking up. People are now aware. Uh, green energy initiatives I have already mentioned. Uh, regular garbage decentralization, uh, particularly CND waste is very important. Ahmedabad, Bengaluru and Delhi, uh, they are making uh, good efforts in this, but uh, there is further scope uh, uh, to improve the CND waste, to uh, 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 improve the particulate matter 2.10 particularly. Climate smart codes, there is a need to revisit ECBC, municipal bylaws and other acts. So that a proper uh, uh, follow-up is uh, adopted at city level. Climate uh, risk planning, uh, the planning uh, Mrs. Deshai also mentioned that is the key. Uh, lake revival, uh, water harvesting, uh, blue-green policy uh, for water and waste management involving the community. The Bangalore example, which I said, involves the community. There is citizen participation program where uh, from right uh, up to the grassroots level, they have uh, 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 Suchi Mitras, they have in charge, uh, community in charges for lanes, for uh, uh, wards, and they have ward committee, perhaps the only city in the country which has ward committee and which is developing a micro plan for waste management for 750 households. So that is something uh, unique which we need to replicate in other uh, cities in our country. And uh, uh, climate risk planning uh, is uh, uh, also uh, part of uh, all these actions. But uh, uh, last and most important is the political economy, which should accept that we have to change, we have to involve the community, we have to um, uh, take care of the poor, not only environment and climate change, because Rio plus 20 also concluded that, okay, environment is fine, climate change is fine, but poor is equally important. So we have to combine all the three in our uh, agenda for 2030. So race to 2030 should be the focus with this uh, uh, initiative, but we have race to 22 and race to 24. And that is something uh, which is harming the interest of common men. Uh, 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 nearly 23,000 crore rupees are not paid to renewable power companies by state utilities. Why? Because we want to distribute uh, things like uh, uh, with open hands. 
uh, and uh, electricity utilities are not in a position to pay to the renewable power uh, companies. If this happens, then how the initiative like Bhopal can be taken up? How the uh, cities can be promoted to develop renewable energy? How the uh, necessary funds can be mobilized for climate change? So political economy in the country uh, should be positive towards uh, climate change initiatives, number one. Number two, community, as I mentioned in Bangalore and there are several other cities should be involved. And number three, the micro ward level initiatives should be taken up rather than thinking the whole city as one entity. So uh, these are some initiatives which uh, uh, I thought I should share. Thank you so much. Thank you, Professor Pandey. And uh, uh, I, uh, I, I'm really congratulating you for uh, for really bringing out those two important cities. But at the same time, I mean, I was just take, checking Delhi. I mean, you were saying something good is happening in Delhi, but don't forget, I mean, the Supreme Court had to say that soon your garbage waste site is going to cross the height of uh, the the uh, Minar. So I think, but but you rightly pointed out actually that actually waste segregation and waste management has to be done at the water level, at the, at the very micro level. And uh, unfortunately, uh, uh, you also spoke about political economy, and I think very rightly because unfortunately the push that we are witnessing in 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 urban India and in fact in the cities is for more capital-intensive technologies. That's why the push is for more uh, waste-to-energy plants. That is not the way how we can deal or we can handle. So I think over to you, Arjun, and uh, I can- and Just one minute, if you permit. Uh, yes, you, you are right. Uh, the Suomoto cognizance by court is very effective. In Bangalore, High Court ordered that you create ward committee and prepare micro plan. So, and that worked. So sometimes court intervention and community awareness together uh, can also motivate I our uh, journey towards But targets. people like Professor Vedya would lose their jobs because courts are becoming the biggest uh, urban planners in the country. <laughs> <laughs> but sometimes they are positive. Yeah. So, so <laughs> over to you, Arjun. I can see only one question. And if there's anything else you can add, maybe then you can go back to our uh, panelists for final round. But yeah, it was an interesting discussion and uh, uh, interesting presentation also. But there's one question that has come up. Uh, if you don't mind, if you can read that out. And I will uh, read it out, sir. Yes, yeah. the question is from Ajay Nayarji. He's asking that there is general lack of professional planners with adequate climate meteorological, uh, meteorology academic background, which is important to design plan for climate mitigation and adaptation works. Please comment on having the right uh, people for the right work on climate crisis for local governance across India. And we also have many participants. If anyone have any question, they can come. Just raise your hand or anything. Okay. So shall we uh, go to a round and start with Chetan, sir? No. Yeah. Uh, no, first, let me respond to a question from Mr. Uh, on this. I think planning education uh, recently, uh, some of you may be aware, 
Niti Aayog has very closely, it has also produced a report on planning education, capacity building in planning education. And it has said that the one unfortunate part of planning education is that there is no regulator. Mostly people are happy, there's no regulator, but this is one sector, unlike architecture, where there's Council of Architecture, there's no regulator of planning education. That is the major problem. The other problem is there is no standard uh, uh, degrees. There are 25 kinds of degrees being given in the sector, planning sector. And this has created problems. The, the uh, recruitment rules are not being able to uh, be developed because of one of these issues. So the, the new higher education regulator, which is going to come up, which is will be above AICT, and as well as other regulators in education, UGC, that will include planning education expected. And it's also expected parallelly, AICT is developing this model curriculum for planning, which should include more and more climate education. So within, uh, I was managing School of Planning and Architecture, both in Bhopal and Delhi, and I realized the environmental planning section, this uh, uh, department is taking a lot of care of environment issues and so climate issues, but it is not reflected in other things and we need to incorporate. And there's also need to change the uh, urban uh, uh, development, uh, urban and regional uh, plan development and formulation guidelines by PCPO. We should include specific thing on climate changes. So all this is required to happen and uh, the question is, should the academics drive the practice or the practice drive the academics? And this is something uh, Vikas Ben can respond much better. But this is an issue in planners. It looks like practice is, uh, uh, is driving planning profession at this stage, which is not the right thing. We need to put in more investment in research and more time for research in urban planning. Uh, overall, uh, I think uh, we have... We have taken few steps forward in uh, making taking care of climate issues into urban sector. It's not enough. We need to do much more. But uh, I think we have began and using that uh, climate assessment framework, which the ministry has produced and NIU is implemented. We should need to go much further steps, and uh, it could be either a separate mission or Amrut and. Uh, Swachh Bharat, and there should be specific issues, additional support, both technical and financial support for climate-related issues. I'll stop with that, Arjun, and there's any other Sir, question, I'll be happy to respond. Yes. Wait, Arjun, I, I have another question. I, ha I have a uh, point to share. Because what he has just said, ma'am, can you just give me a minute? Because I, yeah, I, sure, I, sure, sure. I think I have to ask that question, because before I forget, it just struck my mind when Professor Vedya was explaining uh, uh, the question of praxis and theory, you know, uh, and I think there has to be a connect between praxis and theory. But at the same time, I think, Professor Vedya, what we are also witnessing is, uh, I don't know how to counter that, but it's 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 really scary. Uh, and the pandemic has taught us uh, none, uh, none other than the, the kind of pathologies that we've been building all through. Uh, you know, the the kind of uh, uh, paranoia for glass, and if you, if you if you go to these large cities. You know, glass, the, uh, I mean, the large glass capital of the world was really pushing for it. You know, pl planners and architects became like, like uh, uh, I won't say fate accompli, but they were like kind of victims. So everywhere you find, you know, there's those large glass walls outside. And the pandemic has shown that 
if you're staying on the 16th floor and on the third floor, someone is infected, I think you are also a potential, uh, uh, you, you are highly potential. So, you know, I think all these typologies also, I mean, this comes from practice and also from theory, have to be revisited, don't you think so? I think whole, our whole urban planning and urban design guidelines and our, our municipal codes needs to be reviewed. Now, we are being pushed from two sides. One is the health issue, which pandemic is not yeah. in front. The other is the finance issue, market, as we call it. How and do you balance the issue. I mean, also the climate, the kind of energy climate, that is yeah. required to the health, yeah. yeah. Environment, health, climate is one side, and the other side is the market issue. And how do you balance the two is a question. Uh, there are people who give overnight uh, answers. They say, that uh, Barcelona kind of thing is very helpful. You can create a courtyard within the building or around a block. As block, uh, the planning is with. There are people in Ahmedabad who believe that one should just decide what should be the ground area and leave the other all building codes. They should not be there. And link up with the more floor space index you view, the more you pay the money to municipal corporation. And, and then there are people who believe the municipal corporation will take the money, but not give the infrastructure. So these are the things, and I think we are in a dilemma. I have no great answer. But one thing I want to mention, when this vaccine, and Madam, because they say I could tell us more, when the vaccination was developed, the amount of research and the amount of time they took, even now they are saying it is only for NCUs. It's not a sure thing. It's only for 6% or 70 percent of uh, disease. So that, how can we get that kind of investment and in research? So should we more get more linked to the market or we should be doing something against the market? Something I don't have ready with So these are issues we need to discuss further. Thank you so much. Madam, uh, wanted to say something. Ma'am, ma please unmute yourself. Sorry. Yes. Uh, what I wanted to mention is we really need urban practitioners now. We need planners, we need architects, we need health people, we need lawyers, everyone in the city for to contribute to the city resilience. But we do need all of them to be urban practitioners, understanding each other's avenues and learning a little bit about focusing on that also. Say, for example, Corona example was discussed here. Now, as a, as a health practitioner, I would expect that any city building which, which is coming up should have adequate ventilation and sunlight, which was otherwise also a criteria in past. But now it, we are going to, be, uh, have, going to have it for health sector as a preventive measure like vaccine. And how do we ensure that? Because for diabetes also, vitamin D is important. For uh, viral infection also, vitamin D is important. For mental health also, vitamin D and sunlight is important. How do we ensure that in, in design and in, in architectural design and in planning and in approval? So ultimately, it is the uh, infrastructure which we will have to consider. We have to consider the enforcement of the policy we have to consider the education of uh, all, um, that means doers and beneficiaries, and also engagement of people. All four together probably 
uh, and the urban uh, practitioners more probably will help us. Thank you. Okay, so I think uh, Arjun, uh, is there anything else you want to add? Or okay, Professor Pandey wants to respond, please. Yeah, I just want to add uh, one small point that uh, beautiful things are coming uh, in a top-down manner. All the schemes, uh, NCAP, 15th Finance Commission, Urban Missions, uh, but they uh, do not go up to the grassroots level. There is a bottom-up response uh, uh, which is needed, which is very weak. Uh, the 74th Act uh, uh, promoted some sort of decentralization up to town hall, but below the town hall, uh, unless we do that, unless we uh, try to plan for 750 or 1000 households uh, for uh, different aspects of climate change, uh, it, the success would be uh, quite far. Okay, I think well said. Arjun, uh, any other? Uh, sir, we also have Samir Unhale, sir. Sir, are you there? Samir, sir. Yeah, uh, very good evening, Arjun. Uh, yes. Good sir, evening. Sir, Commissioner at uh, uh, Maharashtra Government. Uh, yes, Samir, sir, please go ahead. Uh, will you be Yeah, so Arjun, uh, I think uh, first of all, this United Nations Framework for Climate Change Convention and the COP26, uh, as such, were more of a, uh, frameworks for the nation states and uh, the existence or relevance of cities to that probably was one of the highlights of COP26. Probably prior to that, cities were mentioned but the importance, uh, I think, uh, was uh, uh, emphasized in COP26 much more strongly than probably it was uh, done earlier. Uh, secondly, I think if you look at the outcomes of the COP26, I think, I think mostly on the uh, NDCs and the emissions by 2030, cutting the global emission by 50%, the uh, net zero emissions uh, idea, which again got reinforced in India, by the way, has mentioned 2070 as this uh, net zero emission targets. I think these are the uh, areas which uh, otherwise uh, do not strongly come uh, or reflect or manifest in the day-to-day -day municipal functioning. Uh, 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 the idea actually is not there. Of course, the Vaidyasar said, that the climate smart assessment framework probably was one of the first such attempts to, to mainstream the climate concerns in the usual functioning of a municipality. And uh, here we tend to follow this new public management uh, framework where there are uh, competitions and data transparency and ranking. And well, yes, it did create some amount of enthusiasm there. But I think uh, as a new, new challenges that we are looking at, uh, we require credible actions uh, that will create impact, you know, otherwise we might just be uh, doing conferences and uh, to make change happen at ground level, uh, especially in a country of a subcontinental country or a country whose population is you know, almost three and a half continents put together, I think is a, uh, one of the important major challenges when we are trying to correlate the COP26 to the uh, municipal administration and the city functioning. Uh, I think it was uh, very rightly mentioned by uh, uh, Dr. Desai 
that the urban practitioners need to increase now. Uh, even in, uh, with due respect to everybody, even in uh, academics, apart from uh, architect and land use planning, no other discipline is, you know, mainstreaming in, in urban uh, issues. I mean, it might be sociology, it could be economics, it could be maybe all the other fields which need to now, now focus on uh, urban areas and probably we require a uh, uh, specialization now in urban areas across the disciplines and their interdisciplinary uh, studies. Uh, I think uh, when we look at uh, city functioning and try to correlate that with the uh, with the uh, COP26 outcomes or the general uh, framework of uh, climate uh, concerns and issues, uh, one thing that comes out is I think the uh, pledges that the cities have to make for the race to zero pledges I think were made and the action city action plans that need to come out. I think uh, when we when we try to look at the usual functioning, there are two two three areas directly come out. One of course is the solid waste management, which is a major non-carbon gas contributor. By the methane it emits, I think it's huge. Second, of course, is the transport. Third is the I think uh, water supply, the energy consumption that is done in the water supply and sewage management systems. And I think uh, other energy consumptions and uh, stress on renewable uh, sources and uh, e-vehicles will be the other general ideas which could be relevant uh, to the COP26 uh, outcomes or the general idea of climate smart city assessment frameworks. Uh, I think uh, uh, as far as the um, cities are concerned, I think one example I think I had shared earlier, which was the unique uh, mission that is being done by the, at the state level by the uh, state government, which is called as the Maji Vasundara competition, uh, which 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 means that the cities are now mainstreaming the usual functioning and the five uh, elements of the or as we call the Panchmahabhuta in the water, land, air. Those uh, relevances as the city functioning is concerned now are getting uh, regularly mainstream, and I think it's a uh, an activity which could be further, you know, uh, even adopted by the other cities. Of course, the climate smart assessment framework will be mostly for the bigger and larger cities. But even a small Nagar Panchayat of say 10 and 15,000, we need to now, you know, uh, ma mainstream this idea of climate concerns. Uh, secondly, I think the, as was mentioned, education is an important part. The municipal system does have a uh, educational uh, some of influence over the educational system and some direct schools which they run. And therefore, uh, I think so, through that, cities could uh, look at you know uh, giving emphasis to the uh, climate uh, aspect or the environmental aspect of the education and training. I know there is a bit of you know. Uh, doubts about what such effect, uh, how effectful they are. But I believe that uh, the power of education and the power of people who have ingrained those ideas does manifest. It may, might take some time, but it manifests more certainly and more surely and more impactfully in maybe time that we have. So along with that, I think uh, uh, water supply, yes, we are having Amrit 2.0 coming. And I think uh, apart from the, following the basic principle of uh, reaching uh, water, good pure water pipe supply, I think there is tremendous potential for uh, energy audits being a major part of uh, the framework. And therefore the energy consumption, say per capita, per square kilometer or per uh, MLD uh, could also be uh, taken into consideration and the energy footprint of a city therefore could be you know, brought into 
uh, some uh, some mainstream actually within the municipal thinking at all. Of course, I mean, as I always say, and even uh, uh, Sir would also agree that you know when you talk of uh, municipal bodies, you cannot uh, neglect the polit local political leadership. We may always have the national leadership and the state leadership uh, do talking uh, of uh, these issues and being sensitive to these issues, but it may might not always happen into the urban local bodies due to the the daily functioning the daily political job which a local councillor or a mayor has to do uh, it is difficult for him to you know also uh, focus his uh, the resolutions that he is making the decisions that the municipal body takes the bylaws or rules which they might be making and whether this can be uh, otherwise it will just remain a uh, task of the bureaucrats and the technocrats. Uh, so local political leadership will have to be uh, sensitized and brought into the, uh, will have to be made up important stakeholder and uh, uh, important player into the climate uh, related actions which the cities have to take. And I think that's what the Maji Vasundara competition that Maharashtra has been taking is also doing that. I think Swachh Bharat Mission has uh, does has proved that the uh, local political leadership and the local municipal staff, because all the cities are run by the municipal clerks and the municipal junior engineers and the commissioners might influence it some more time. But we will have to uh, look at our cutting edge, you know, to, to get the uh, climate framework also relevant to the day-to-day -day functioning and working of the sanitary inspector and probably the junior engineer who runs the municipal bodies, really. I think uh, with this framework, I also felt that the, the planning aspect was also mentioned, of course, with Vaidya sir being uh, with us and the Desai ma'am and you know, Pandey sir here. I think I'm, I'm not uh, competent to talk of planning when these uh, uh, this, uh, stalwarts are here. But I think, yes, uh, the intentions uh, and they getting translated into the words and vocabulary of the laws and finally reflecting on ground is a, is a difficult task. It's a challenge and uh, one requires each and every one uh, to be concerned, to be, you know, to be connected to this goal of uh, climate change and action. Because uh, whatever we say, there is an element of, you know, doubt or element of uh, uh, shall we say lack of commitment among the cutting edge people, it might be political or administrative or clerical, whatever, that what we are talking is, does it making sense to them? Uh, I'm sorry for using this we and them uh, dichotomy, but uh, very often if you tell a junior engineer to get something done, they might say, why am I doing this? I mean, what at all it is going to make a difference? If there is going to be a financial implication, will the local body, local political leadership agree to the additional uh, expenses that might be required to uh, look at the climate uh, actions that we're talking of? So I think uh, the, I am confident and optimistic that the uh, the lessons we have learned from the Swachh Bharat mission, I think do taught us, do told, tell us you know, how to energize the entire urban ecosystem of India for any particular purpose. And especially currently the three activities which are being done at the central level, which is the Swachh Bharat uh, 2.0, the Amrut 2.0 and the Climate Smart uh, Assessment Framework, which would be of course extended to most of the cities, just like what we are doing here, like Majivasundara. I think can uh, uh, would be a good important steps of mainstreaming climate concerns into day-to-day -day functioning of the municipal body 
the resolutions and the uh, decisions which are taken by the municipal body and of course the day to day actions of the municipal staff i think the sanitary inspector uh, the, if you look at the, the uh, carbon footprint of cities, I think some experiments were done. We, we had done one experiment at the smart city uh, with the help of, I think, Iklai. Uh, I think Pune had also done, I'm sure many other cities must have done, and the climate footprint per capita of the cities then was around uh, 1.56, around 1.5. Uh, tons per capita per year per annum, and I think the uh, recent uh, recent study I think was of 2.0 was the figure that I saw. So of course, of course, we can understand that if you look at the uh, regional variation, major cities, big set, big set are uh, big uh, city regions and metropolitan regions and million plus cities. I think will be contributing much more. To this as compared to the smallest uh, Nagar Panchayas that we have. So the, the, it might have to cities like uh, Mumbai and you know Delhi and uh, probably Calcutta, Hyderabad, Ahmedabad, as we have a great, greater contribution. So I think you know uh, what I feel is that uh, COP26 otherwise becomes a stratospheric concept for the actual functionaries of municipalities and therefore uh, a good framework and uh, good uh, training uh, ideas and good capacity building and maybe some incentivization, motivation, morale also are important you know, uh, factors of uh, running a nice nationwide uh, ecosystem. And uh, I think uh, uh, the climate concerns uh, need to come up. There, the problem is that you don't immediately, you can talk of a stinking garbage pile or a pothole immediately, but when you have to tell and convince the people, local leadership and the cutting-edge staff that this is also more dangerous and more important thing which might happen after maybe 20, 50 years, whatever. So it requires greater communication skills also for, for this uh, idea of uh, the climate uh, cities. I think, the as was mentioned earlier, the funding, of course, is important. Right now, there is no special window for any financing of uh, cities on the climate concerns. Uh, probably a, a special window uh, on climate or at least a pool of uh, schemes and missions to, uh, under the climate uh, concerns uh, could be a good idea in which there would be clarity, you know, because municipal, after all, governance, apart from making laws, is fund funding and financing, and therefore it is going to be a very important uh, uh, important part of um, creating any initiative, you know, for, which would uh, make an uh, impact. On, on on the ground so uh, i think uh, uh, we we i think uh, as was mentioned earlier a good national mission for climate smart cities or at least uh, it being an important component of any existing uh, mission uh, would be an important part and uh, by and large uh, i'm i'm greatly hopeful and optimistic uh, and also confident that this india's ecosystem indian urban system can change if uh, requisite uh, political, financial, and uh, prestige is given to it, and if the citizens, most importantly, find that there is a point taking in inconvenience and extra expenditure on their day-to-day -day lives of uh, contributing to the uh, climate uh, NDCs that we are talking of. So uh, I think uh, we uh, we require a new type of non-municipal functioning. We require a new type of city living. To and the, as the uh, time is going very fast, uh, I think we will have to uh, take help of new technologies wherever possible. I think I am an enthusiast on digital technologies, so I. 
tend to see a lot of hope uh, in uh, using digital uh, tools and means of convincing people. And I think community participation of the, I think uh, the participative democracy that uh, very often is talked of, uh, I think is an idea which, uh, which, which, which should, could be experimented with the cities. Uh, with the cities and uh, in there of course we have digital idea of digital town halls is also there we can always take public opinion feelers onto the general idea and moving beyond grievance and complaint redressal to meaningful and effective participation framework of the citizens i think that's that would be required if not now and of course the 74th constitutional amendment act it is almost uh, the basic idea is now 40 years old and um, some scholars do say that it is mostly an indicative uh, sort of uh, suggestions which are made. Nothing actually is, uh, apart from the f formation of the state election commission and the state finance commissions and probably taking election in six months, most of the provisions of the uh, urban, uh, of the constitutional amendment, amendment act are uh, generally indicative they are you know that's the discretion of the state government if they want to do and when they want to do so probably uh, uh we as was mentioned earlier also we do i think we do require another set of uh, <clears throat> amendments uh, and maybe another constitutional amendment uh, bill act on in the for the urban uh, governance and uh, I think the time is going to be the essence. We would require to move very fast, uh, connect with people more widely and more uh, easily, and uh, convince people of the intentions. You know what uh, that people, if people start doubting the intention as to why this idea is coming up now, are we just aping the uh, Western uh, think tanks, or are we just so these doubts uh, do float a lot in you know uh, on, in, within the masses? Maybe one or two or five percent of people who are probably just, uh, reading and studying might uh, agree to the idea. But if you want someone to not to drive his car and take a public uh, bus to his work and come back or to school, then people will start uh, doubting it. And therefore, the uh, messaging of the climate change concerns and anxieties and the emergencies also has to be done uh, to the people because without people, uh, just technocrats and bureaucrats talking uh, is not going to happen, not going to make any change. So we require people, we require people representatives, we require financing. And I think uh, new way of uh, managing uh, municipalities and running cities are uh, required. So all the stakeholders will have to be brought in. And I think there's lots and lots of work to do uh, to make uh, city functioning relevant to the concerns of climate emergencies. And I think going to be a big task for all of us. So Arjun, thank you. So thank you for giving the opportunity. Now, Thomas, sir, thank you for allowing me to uh, share some of my stray thoughts uh, th th thank you, Vajjo, sir, and uh, this I am. Thanks a lot, Arjun. Thank you, Mr. Samir. I think uh, you made some very interesting points as far as uh, the perspective of governance is concerned from a bureaucrat's viewpoint. But, uh, well, Arjun, I think you'll have to take it over from here because I'll just make two points. And uh, are you there, Arjun? Yes. Yes, sir, I am. Yes. So, uh, you know, I've always been accused of uh, uh, really uh, uh, being uh, like all, uh, uh, stra quite strangely, I, I don't know, all our panelists are very uh, optimistic and I am probably the youngest of all the panelists and I'm very pessimistic. I don't know why, but uh, I don't know if it's age or what, <laughs> but the point is, 
actually the way we are heading is 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 not uh, not the way we should have been of course the panelists have also pointed out uh, more participatory why is it that the participatory uh, uh, governance models are not being built up i think that's where where we have to uh, where we have to go where we have to ask the questions and uh, you know these missions that we are talking about uh, why i'm so obfuscatingly uh, concerned about these missions because already a large time period is over and what we are getting is just some competitive kind of framework beyond that if you see uh, uh, you know the kind of percentage of our garbage being treated where are the results i mean, I mean where is it that 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 we are finding the results pouring in so unfortunately that's not the way and as far as smart cities are concerned uh, i think we that's why i pointed out in in, in the beginning it's not even one percent to our uh, committed uh, commitments that uh, i mean when we talk about uh, uh, climate change and you know uh, reducing our carbon footprint so i have i i actually wrote the smart shimla smart city plan but when i go back to smart city because one of my officers and i and we worked out with the chief secretary the financials of that smart city plan and uh, it's it's completely uh, topsida topsy-turvy i mean it's completely inversed what what uh, what what was planned and what is and apparently that is what we are so smart cities are actually leading to urban flooding more and more kind of infrastructure that we are building occupying the spaces of the pedestrians uh, you know what is what is what is the mobility plan i mean more capital intensive technologies more metros whereas we know the i mean from cradle to the grave i mean i i'm that's how a diesel bus is 10 times is better than 10 your ev cars because you know after all where we depend on that that's that's what what the mobility sector speaks about where is it that we are witnessing this I'm, 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 so we are occupying the spaces of uh, of the cyclists pedestrians no 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 i'm so sorry this is not the, this is not where i mean how we are going to go ahead so therefore i said i am very pessimistic but lastly well, professor Veda, i'll come to you uh, you know because planners are so important and i i all often quoted i'm really fascinated with reading this book by Simon Stein, uh, he is uh, um, uh, just like you. He's he's is an architect planner uh, and probably has done lots of work in US. And uh, uh, he has written the book called the Capital City, the Real Estate State. I mean, that according to him, that's the driving force for the the US cities. He says, hey, we planners are not corrupt inherently. It's the system that makes us to draw the kind of you know the tools that we use. Okay. So, uh, and he also goes on to add that actually, if that has to be checked, we have to go for more participatory, more democratic, not just participatory, you listen and you say, hey, hey, show up, but actually um, more democratic where they own, there's no ownership of the city there because, and, and we have the latest world, uh, the inequality, inequality uh, report. I mean, what are we doing? I mean, the last three decades, just look at look at look at look at the spaces that we have occupied i think with the but of course with the with an optimistic note that we will we shall just definitely move ahead and and things are not going to remain the same and because the i mean for them it's future professor there for us it's present it's not future a present is ruined for them it's the future that is ruined i think with that arjun i'll i'll uh, as i told you i think i'll have to move out and then you can take over and maybe if uh, final remark from our panelists, because we've been a fascinating uh, journey from, from seven o'clock. 
So you can take over and uh, I just bit. Right, sir. I will just go to each of our panelists uh, for their way, way forward and concluding remarks. But I also wanted to gain this opportunity and raise some questions on behalf of everyone. So uh, my, my first question was to uh, Professor Vedya only that, sir, you also suggested that uh, many of the guidelines are also now old. You are DPFI. Do you think the time has come for them to change. We also have service level benchmark. Those are also 2008, quite old. And uh, on financial aspect also, the HPC committee was also previous. So do you think a new set of uh, these guidelines, rules in terms of policy or uh, uh, the lighthouse documents, which we have, the time is uh, really now. Uh, another uh, set of, we also talk about schemes. We In housing, we have a global housing technology, uh, uh, a challenge, then we have Swaj Bharat Mission, Amrut, many new things also uh, coming and we also have a more of solar energy, EV and industry wise also. Uh, but what I wanted also to know that more of these are also greenfield, the newer projects, uh, but uh, like how in developing country like us or China is struggling is of the redevelopment of the inner cities or the area which is already built and we are building the informal settlements also. How do we integrate that into, because uh, uh, in all of the reports, like the BUR biennial update review, uh, only the forest is the place where we are, you know, uh, uh, not getting. So in our reports, everything is coming, you know, fine. Uh, but when we see our cities, the uh, air pollution or sewage, or uh, then we have landfills, these are not getting reflected in any of the metrics. Uh, to you know c4 we have ease of living index do you think that index also needs to be now much more uh, integrated with these kind of facets so that we also see and finally sir also that we also have a lot of uh, rankings for you know intracity for our country is it time now to also uh, have this ranking comparable with other cities as well global cities so how do we move forward in terms of this metrics also uh, so that uh, uh, we have some concrete things uh, going ahead. Next question I wanted to uh, uh, ask to uh, Professor Pandey that sir also suggested that 2024 uh, and uh, 2030 as very important timeline uh, to for having uh, cities or governance which is actionable and sir also suggested that most of the, the the urban governance is also top down and not reaching beyond town hall or having uh, with some are also highlighted Sir, even many experts, global experts also suggest that, uh, and Indian Indian experts also, that our cities are also more of public-led, that state-led cities. It has, if that investment won't go, how it will function. In terms of participation of private players, that has also not kicked off. How do you see that? How do we move ahead? Because uh, uh, in some part, there is densification and the economic development, prosperity and environment, this conundrum is coming. So how do we see, uh, See, in terms of target, we will move ahead in this. And uh, uh, from uh, uh, Dr. Desai, I, I thought we also gained that. Um, we are talking about uh, uh, community participation, CSOs, experts, practitioner training, but how we can have effective communication on, on this topic. Do we really need a new mission or reorientation of our mission? Uh, because we're having uh, some you know green shoots of climate smart cities and other. Do you think now the the umbrella of this needs to be changed very drastically to have more impact as Samir sir was also uh, suggesting or how do we see that we uh, go ahead and move forward. So uh, your comments also with the way forward. You can take uh, the time you require to you know 
suggest those. Shall we start with uh, Professor Chetan Vadya, sir? So please unmute. Chetan, sir, yeah. I think you made you have raised many issues. Yes, I may not, may not may not be able to respond to all of them, but I'll try as much as I can. Uh, I think uh, this both uh, urban and regional uh, plan formulation guidelines were issued in 2014, and then we had uh, municipal uh, bylaws 2016. Both needs to be reviewed. And uh, both from the point of view of environment and disaster and climate change, I think both needs to be reviewed. And in reviewing them, there has to be a balance between, there's a one group of people who said cities should reflect the market and other group says you focus on environment. How do we balance these two is an issue where I don't have ready-made answers, but I think this needs to be debated and discussed. What kind of balance we want to do between giving a living, improved living condition vis-a-vis -vis, uh, market, the requirements of the market within a kind of a country which has 20 to 30% poor in every city. So that is one issue. As well as the second, and I also want you to review, to, to consider reviewing Model Municipal Act. I think this was produced in 2013. Even this act needs to be reviewed now. When you're reviewing the Town Planning Act, uh, Parallelly, one has to review the Model Municipal Act, which some people have read, and Bihar has completely changed its municipal system because of this, but I think that needs to be done. That is one issue. The second, as far as ranking is concerned, I have come to a conclusion, we have too many rankings. <coughs> so one is that the urban poor are not fully recognized and covered in the ranking system. And the other is that uh, rather than focusing on improving each of these indexes, is it possible to develop a composite index? Because after I talked last time on your conference, a new index of SDGs and cities have come, been produced, have been developed by uh, Niti Aayog. So how do we, how does a mayor or we uh, be, be given composite index? Is it possible? That is something I would like to you. I am not very eager to link our ranking with the international ranking because I have worked on university ranking and we say we are not a great, we don't have world ranking of universities because 30% of the points are given for cross-border uh, faculty and students. And in India, if somebody comes in school of planning and architecture, somebody comes from Northeast, it's much bigger achievement than somebody going from Belgium to Netherlands. So I am strong believer of Indian ranking system, and which is also in the university as well as in the uh, urban system. I'll stop that, and maybe I not responded to all your questions and comments, but that is what I remember. But so your way forward, if you want to suggest any, uh, empower the local bodies <laughs> and eventually citizens. I think that is what my small message will be. Thank you. Dr. Desai, over to you. Um, I would rather say, uh, we, instead of waiting for some things coming up from the higher level, maybe national or state level, cities should start working for their local citizens 
with their own initiatives and there is a wisdom and understanding with community also and, and the other people in the city also. My concern is if we are talking about some climate things uh, achieved by 2025, 30, 50, what happens to survival and health by that time? Uh, will we, we will survive, people will survive to face those uh, achievements. So we also need to work on immediate action plan where health and economy and other things are to be considered and people's wisdom also should be encashed. People know about their city, people know understand their city better and they can give solutions also. It doesn't lie only with those who are educated for certain qualifications and for certain, uh, or leaders and elected members. So there should be a mechanism to understand that and a process to at least continuous process to enhance convergence, intersectoral convergence at municipal corporation level. And this is not very easy though talked about it. People do understand its importance, but they say it's in practice, it is not uh, feasible and that's why it is not happening. So we always say health focus in every planning, child-friendly child city focus in every planning, but who will bring that? Because there's no directive, there's nobody wants that. And as far as ranking is concerned, say when it, ranking is favorable, people are happy with that. And <laughs> when ranking is not favorable, people say this was wrong, that was wrong in ranking and that's why. So I, I am not very sure about the ranking helping cities to build up their capacity. Instead of that, there, there can be something else, I don't know. But this is what I have observed. And uh, I, I think cities should start building their own capacity and start working on it. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, ma'am. Uh, so over to uh, Professor Pandey. So now judiciary is also so much, you know, calling states uh, for uh, and governments for their, you know, this aspect. How do you see it? To go ahead, Professor Pandey. Um, I think judiciary and civil society both. Uh, the people need to be made aware. So awareness at the grassroots level, it comes with the decentralization. Uh, nobody talks about 74th uh, Constitution Amendments unfinished agenda, what uh, Professor Vedya mentioned initially. So we have to work on that. And uh, uh, judiciary, if, if people approach judiciary, certainly they will uh, come to help, as we have seen in a couple of cities. And But the main issue is how to involve the grassroots uh, people. This is not a question of very high level planning and engineer or architect. There are simple points of actions towards climate change, which people need to take. Like in Bangalore, they have uh, Kalika Kendra, which means uh, a training center and where they display different uh, equipments, which are needed to process kitchen waste, to process green leaf. So this type of uh, uh, SOPs is uh, to be known to common people uh, would go a long way to uh, bring the climate change. And you also said uh, economy and climate change, there is no rift. The climate change actions have very strong component of circular economy. It will bring employment and income uh, when we take action. So uh, 
uh, I have to say these two points. Thank you. Thank you very much, sir, for all your uh, comments. Uh, of course, so much uh, has to be uh, taken and so, so many uh, fabulous points uh, all of you panelists have raised. Thank you very much. So uh, quickly to uh, give a formal vote of thanks. I, I would like to thank uh, all of you for joining us today on this very important panel discussion on COP26 and urban local governance. Uh, organized by Entry Center for Habitat, Urban and Regional Studies. And I would like to thank all of our panelists, especially Professor Chetan Vadhyaya for taking the lead and organizing this uh, conference, helping us so much. Dr. Vikas Desai, Professor K.K. Pandey, and our moderator, uh, Tikendar Singh Pawar, sir, for having such a wonderful deliberation on this very important topic. So much to uh, gain. And I would like also to thank all those attendees here and on Facebook Live and those who would watch us later on YouTube and listen to us on our podcast. We hope that you'll keep tuning to our web policy talk and local governance future episodes. Thank you, everyone. Yeah, thank you so much. Have a nice evening. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot. Very good. Yes, thank you very much. Thank you, Arjun. Thank, thank you. Thank you, Samir. Everybody.